everybody. Welcome to Hacking Into Security, your career-related cybersecurity show. I'm your host, Ricky Burke, the InfoSec recruiter, and regularly we'll be speaking with a variety of guests from industry leaders, entrepreneurs, senior specialists, and new people into the space. Each is sharing their story, views on the industry, and how others can navigate success in their careers. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Hacking Into Security. So here today, we are with Louis Liefeniger of Pentester Lab. So Louis, I think it's got a great story to tell, very interesting background in terms of working for some really well-known names in the industry. We'd like to hear his story, his journey, and maybe some things that people can pick up along the way as well. Um, so Louis, I guess first question is, who are you? So my name is Louis Liefeniger. I guess French background, now Australian security engineer. And I work on Pentesta Lab, so I'm the founder of this company. I, on a day-to-day basis, what I do is I manage the company and I create labs and I teach people how to get better at, at application security and web app application, web app security. And so I do everything in that business and that's about it. So I guess... You're the founder of Pentest Lab. It's not always been that case. You've got a background before that. So yep. I guess, how did it all start? Why, why did you get into security in the first place? Wow, that's a long time ago. So if we'd start from, from scratch, like really old time ago. So when I was like equivalent of year 12, I started like in France, you have like one big exam and you study either like economics, literature or science. So I went the science way okay. and then I wanted to do sales. So if you really know me, that's pretty funny. Like when I tell people that, people who know me, they're like, you wanted to work in sales? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I'm surprised so, by that. Yeah. At the time I was working like selling t-shirts and like stuff like that. But so I did like another year 12. Oh, I started working full time at a job, but I hated it. It was like admin stuff. And then I read it year 12, but this time in economy to learn more about sales. Because I thought like, oh, you need a background in economy can't hurt, right? And then after that, I realized that, oh, actually, computers are pretty cool, right? So I moved to like doing a university and study math, computer science. And then I moved from university, two years later, I moved from university to an engineering school. So as part of the engineering school, I was teaching PHP to people and doing sysadmin work on the side for the, for the engineering school. So this way I could like get some money to pay for school. And in my last year of engineering school, as part of my, on top of my normal curriculum, I did a master in security. From that, I got like an internship in one of the really good security company in France, probably the best at the time, uh, named HSC. And I met like a lot of really talented people and I worked with them and I learned a lot from them. Then one day I decided to move to Australia. I arrived in Australia and got super lucky and got a job at Securus Global which was probably like the most technical company in Australia at the time, or one of the most. And I worked with really, really talented people again. And from that, after a while, I like become CTO there, but then I decided to move on. I wanted something with a bit less management. So I moved to NAB as a bank and did code review for a year and a half. So full-time reading source code, that was pretty fun. And then a friend said, like, oh, do you want a job working for me at OSPOS? And I was like, oh, yeah, sounds pretty fun. So I moved to OSPOS for three years. And then I got hired to work remotely for Fitbit. And then I stopped working in 2018 for any other company. 
But at the same time, I start building my business. So from the secret day, so I start doing some a website with few exercises to teach people web application because I was doing like running training at conferences, mostly at Raxmon, uh, Raxcon. And from there, I was like, okay, I got all this training material, but I'm using it like once or twice a year. I should probably do something to like keep using it. So I built that website. And at the beginning, it was like selling PDF and ISO, but no one's wanted to buy like a PDF and an ISO. So I got like, I think two or three clients. And from there, I decided, okay, I still have this training and I'm not selling them. So just put them for free on the internet. And from that, I keep going that for like probably four or five years for free. And the branded like Pentasola was pretty well known at the time because I'm still, I guess, because of all the free content and pretty good content and people really enjoyed it. And a lot of people like learn from it. But I started having kids. And, you know, when you have kids, you're like, ah, it's really fun to give stuff away for free on the internet, but I kind of need to balance all this thing and it's hard to juggle. So it would be good if at least that was bringing a bit of money. So I started doing like, a, I tried to do a pro version in, I think, 2014 and I failed. I didn't publish it. It's just like, oh, I couldn't get the right balance to get something out that I liked. And so I failed in 2014, but I keep doing like the free stuff. And in 2015, I tried again, and this time I got it out, and I got a few clients pretty quickly. And since then, it kept growing and growing and growing until I, I couldn't manage both my work at Fitbit and Pentasolab, so I had to quit Fitbit. But I really like I waited too long because first, when you have kids, you're kind of like you can't give like a newborn ramen, so you need to have like proper food for them. <laughs> And yeah, and as well, like I loved my job. I had like, I was working with brilliant people and yeah. And I was like, okay, I really, I pushed it until I really couldn't do both. Out of interest. So what did that look like? So in terms of work week for you, how many hours were you doing, I guess, for both? The good thing is that Fitbit was really good because I was working early in the morning. So I was starting at seven and finishing around four every day. And then at night, I was working on Pentasolab after that. What I got really lucky is I live far out, like an hour train from the CBD. And to go to the city, I had like two hours commute every day to go work for NAB and Ospost and wow. stuff like that. Every... So I was spending that time working on Pentasolab. And that's pretty much when I created like a lot of the content at the time. Like just working on the train. So I guess, so Pentasolab... It didn't start how it is now. I, mean, no. I guess what, what was the, the turning point for you? I know obviously that it did have a bit of a change, but I don't know, when did it become, I suppose, obviously profitable, but I guess what was the defining thing for you to change direction as a business? So really, I was like, after doing that for six years or five or six, I don't remember, but like for free, it's like, oh, it's hard. And you have like more and more support to do because people want like, help and you're like okay it's like people running like having like an open source project like you have like a lot of maintenance and you have a lot of things to do to keep things going and you need to pay like aws bills and stuff like that and you're like oh maybe i should make a bit of money from that and because it's so much time it's so much energy and you're like okay i should and i have kids now like should i spend like the nights playing with my kids or should i spend the night hacking on pentestolab yeah so at one point i was like yeah I should probably try to do something with it. And yeah. So did you ever intend to, I guess, make money from Pentester Lab? When I started really early on, yes, when I sell, I was trying to sell like PDF and ISO, but I never thought it was going to be my full-time job. 
more like something on the side because I really enjoyed doing that. Like that's the main thing that don't make a try to not make a business to make money. Like make a business because you really want to do something or solve a problem. Yeah, we, when things get hard, like money will not make you happier and more money will not keep you going. That's why you need to be really passionate about it. Like, yeah. It's so true. Whether, whether you're starting a business or even in a, in a job, it makes such a difference if you actually enjoy what you do. I mean, it doesn't mean you should earn nothing or little money just to enjoy something, but there's obviously a balance of you know, earning enough to to live and, and live you know pretty well, whatever. But I guess the important thing, when you spend 40, 50 hours plus whatever a week working, you should hopefully enjoy what you're doing. Yeah, <laughs> so, very much so. So how many years did it take from... I guess starting Pentester Lab to you going full time. What what was I guess the time? I started in two, in December two thousand eleven, and I worked. I start working full time in October two thousand eighteen. Wow! So seven years. That's awesome. <laughs> that's. But that's... I think I could I could I could have stopped earlier. I think I could have if I had no kids and I could live on little money. At the time, without, if I didn't have kids, I could have stopped like a lot earlier. But again, I loved my job at the time. So I was like, yeah. That's it's a lot easier to like start a business and keep mm-hmm. your business going if you hate your job. Yeah. Because you're like, oh, I don't want to work there anymore. I don't want to work there anymore. So you're really motivated saying like, okay, I really hate that job. But when you have like a good job, you're like, oh, it's not so bad. Actually, I really enjoy being there. Mm-hmm. I don't need this other thing anymore. So I guess the, the thing that, that there's got to give then is basically the hours that you dedicate to your life, you know, your family, work, and you know your, your personal projects. Yeah, it's like some nights you're like, oh, should I go like play video game or like get drinks with the lad? And you're like, oh, actually, maybe I should work a bit. <laughs> and sometimes the answer is to go like drinking or play video game because you need to like you need break. get the stress out. But yeah, like... Yeah, a lot of night I picked the lab or like even in the train, could watch video or play video games on my phone, but I decided to walk because I really enjoyed it. It's like, yeah, it's kind of easy for me <laughs> in a way. And I guess that, that's the things that one of the key things I wanted to cover in this in this, this catch up with you because obviously we've known each other for a while and had a, quite a few number of conversations mm-hmm. about business and all sorts. And I, personally, I think it's quite inspiring um, the fact that you went from you know, in my opinion, like a, a very decent job working at Fitbit. There's not many, at least up until recently, there weren't many, I guess, roles out in this in this country in Australia that were security engineers working remotely for big, interesting tech mm-hmm. companies. And and you had one of those. But on the side, you were building this thing that is filling up my social mm-hmm. media <laughs> all the time. So when it when, <laughs> Whether it's you posting stuff or whether it's people in the in the security community posting stuff about Pentest Lab, that's that that for me is is amazing. Is the I guess the consistent people effectively doing your sales for you is sharing that message and sharing the good stuff about Pentest Lab. But it's the journey that you basically mm-hmm. went from employee to business owner, and and how long it took. And I think just people to understand that that dedication. So if you don't mind, just go a little bit deeper in terms of how you actually manage that because you you clearly weren't working 40 hour weeks i guess you know what, no. was, what was an average week or month you know like for you for example basically like even now waking up first thing i do is check my emails to say like okay do i have supports to do for customers can i help someone because the worst thing is when you're learning something you don't want to get stuck right 
or you don't want to get stuck for like eight hours because the support person is not answering back to you. So that's the first thing I do. And that's the first thing I do for like the last, I don't know, six, seven years is check my phone to say like, okay, is there someone I can unstuck? And then when I was working at Fitbit, it was like quick breakfast and then start working. At the time, now I got like a proper office, but at the time I was, I spent like three years working from my bedroom as well. So I was like, yeah, my wife is fantastic. Like she, like, <laughs> yeah, she didn't kick me out, but I was, because we didn't have any other rooms. I was working, I had my desk next to my bed. I was waking up, taking care of the kids, breakfast, and then going to work in, next to my bed for a full day. And then work, like finishing the day, helping with the kids, go back to work. And yeah, and it's just like working a lot during the weekends. I really sympathize with that. But when I, when I started my business, I think because we had a young, our second child, we were sort of between the rooms and just trying to survive at the time. Yeah. At one point I was living and sleeping in the same room. Oh, that's interesting. Spending, I couldn't even tell you what, 18, 20 hours a day in the same room. Yep. <laughs> but I guess you get through it if you do the right things and, and I guess maybe work hard enough and have the right ideas. And I think the thing as well is you need to be really smart about your limitations. Some ID, for example, I could build on Pentester Lab. I didn't do it because it was going to take too much time. So you just say like, okay, what's the smallest amount of work I can do? How can like manage my time the smartest way so I don't have to like work 40 hours on Fitbit and 40 hours on Pentester Lab? And how I can uh, keep that going for as long as possible. And yeah, for, I don't know, like a lot of things I didn't, I didn't want, for example, to have like explosive, like amazing growth because I was still working full time. And if I had like, like 2000 or 3000 new people, or I don't know how many, it would have been a nightmare to manage. So like, I was pretty happy with like the steady, like uh, slow growth. And I didn't want that to change because I loved doing both. I wasn't doing like any growth hacking, for example. <laughs> yeah, I guess you, you had a good balance that was controlled. My apologies if you can hear any noise in the background. <laughs> That's all right. I've been got, there, done that. <laughs> uh, I, I've got two kids being homeschooled downstairs. Um, one, one enjoying mm. it more than the other, let's say. Yeah, it's challenging time. I think that's why as well, like for people, like when you run your business or like for people thinking of starting a business today, don't be too hard on yourself because you think like, oh, I got free, I got a lot of free time. I should be doing my business. But mentally, like it's challenging time for everyone. So don't be too hard on yourself. It's probably, it's a good time as in there are a lot of opportunities because the world is changing. And let's say one of your competitors for your new ID needs to go on site, selling stuff to clients all the time. They can't do that anymore. So maybe that's a good opportunity for you. But at the same time, people are stressed out and people are really busy. They don't know what's going to happen tomorrow or next week. So it's really hard to like be the right mindset to start creating things, to like be smart about things. And you can work 60 hours a week and like spend your time like banging your head against the wall or you can spend like 20, 30 hours being smart about it and working in the right direction. So yeah, don't be too hard on yourself if you want to start something today. It's probably... It's a good time, but probably not the easiest time. Yeah. Hi, this is a quick break. First of all, I just want to say thank you for listening to the podcast. And secondly, I'm Ricky Burke. I'm director of CyberSec People. This is my full-time job. Um, CyberSec People is a leading cybersecurity recruitment company. 
We support companies in hiring the best people in the industry, and we do this through our industry knowledge, connections to the industry, and handling of recruitment processes. If your organization is hiring or will be hiring cybersecurity professionals, please do reach out and see how we can help. Take care. Enjoy the rest of the podcast. Out of interest, obviously, we all go through different challenges in careers and, and starting business and stuff. But I guess what, what was that for you? So being, again, full-time worker, family, what, I guess what were your challenges and, and were there times when you fancied, I guess, stopping or, or quitting and just working full-time? So many times. Like, it's hard. Like, you have, like, I don't know, like, people sometimes, like, you, like, walk your ass off and, like, you have, like, someone on the internet telling you, oh, your stuff is boring or it's not good enough and you're like yeah but like doing my best and people don't realize that how hurtful that can be to other people on the other side of the screen like saying like okay but like maybe it's not good maybe it's not good enough but like yeah that's the best i can do right now that's yeah and you have so many like people who just like okay like oh i could do better than you in a weekend yeah okay yeah do that yeah yeah no like yeah (laughs) that's yeah, it's hard, but if you're really, that's why like the money is probably not, shouldn't be the best, the biggest driver for you. Like for me, I know like when I see people on LinkedIn, like getting like a new job or getting their first job in InfoSec, and I know that I met them because they like fantastic lab customer and that's how like we connected. Mm. I'm like, oh, maybe I'm like a small part of it. Maybe I like come of, kind of like an enzyme that like speed up the process for them and I helped a bit. And that's what makes me happy. Oh, or people will like send cool. me an email like, oh, I gotcha. Like, oh, I got that bug. I found it. I managed to solve it on my own. Thanks for helping me just like without spoiling the challenge. And yeah, I learned so much. And uh, that's what really drives me. That's a good message. And I guess for, for other people wanting to start their own business, there's, there's going to be a lot of unknowns. And again, for yourself as well. But I guess what, what advice could you give maybe to someone who has an idea or, or something they they feel like could be a business or a project, what, what could they do for themselves? So first, there's a really good book, 37 Signals, the guys who created Ruby on Rails. And I, they explain how IDs don't matter. What matters is IDs, time, execution. And you can have like a great ID. If you do nothing about it, you're going to get nothing. If you have like an average ID, but you do amazing, you execute it amazingly, you're going to get like something amazing, right? And it's just like a multiplier of your execution. And I think for people who are like, I hear often like people who are really technical, I don't know the business side of security. How do you do sales? How do you do marketing? How do you do like uh, invoicing? Like, and all of these things are complicated and you need to learn how to do them. But trust me, like if you can reverse binary or exploit like blind SQL injection, like putting together an invoice is not hard. And I did it and I messed it up the first time. And then you learn and then you fix it. And you need to be smart about it. Like, oh, people asking you for an invoice. Okay, um, what do you, you ask them back? Like, oh, what do you need the invoice? Any specific information? And you keep going like that and you until they help you. And if you mess it up, people will help you so it's like okay here you you charge me gst but you shouldn't have charged me gst because your business is making less than 80k a year or something like that and so you're going to fix the invoice and maybe you need to send them back money and stuff like that. but that's not a big deal and people understand like yeah you're starting and yeah 
so many other things like don't look at the final product as well. Look, let's say you want to compete with, I don't know, any product that you like, like Facebook. You want to create a new Facebook. What Facebook looks like today, so don't create the next Facebook. Facebook is evil and like, yeah, you have a better product to build. <laughs> but if you, if you look at Facebook today, that's not how Facebook started it. Like, don't look at the final product. Like, oh, we have so many features. I need to match at least those features. No, like that's behind me. That's what Pentestal Lab looked like, like probably six months in or a year in. Okay. And when it was free, like it's ridiculous. Now it looks a bit better, but like you can't compare. Like when people design product, they talk about like the MVP, like minimum, minimum viable product. That's what you should spend your time on. Like what is good enough for people to buy my product? So, you know, like, okay, are people even interested? Like if I create Facebook 2.0, are people going to come? Another thing is funding. As much as I had a hard journey to do like full-time job plus my business on the side, it was worth it. I didn't take any money from anyone else and that's all mine. And I have, that's my direction as well because worse than getting money is what you get with it. It's like if you get funding from someone, you lose part of your company. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing to be an employee, but you're just an employee again. Like you don't, you're not calling the shots, you're calling part of the shot, but not all of them. You don't decide what the platform should be, what the future of the product look like, looks like. like Interesting. Yeah. So be smart. If you, need, if you need like to be the next Facebook, you have like a marketplace effect where you need to have like people to be on your platform. So you need like to have a lot of money to get people on your platform. But if you're doing a product like Pentestal Lab or something, I don't know, a SaaS or something like that, you don't necessarily need funding and you should make sure that you know what you're getting into when you're getting funding yeah that's that's interesting now you spoke about marketing i feel like i can't go on twitter without seeing someone and normally not you but normally someone talking about pentester lab which is just amazing endorsement for people to be sharing your products it's interesting you mentioned about you started out selling t-shirts given the <laughs> you know i guess all the the, the t-shirts that you have and the cool designs that you come up with i guess do you have a marketing strategy or how do you have such a good presence i have two things two things i try to do is do things that scale so that's all my platform my automation and do things that don't scale and i worked out something is like when i if you use google ads you pay, I don't know, five, six bucks per click if you want like training for Pentester because like Sense is there, like every platform is there. That's five or six dollars, let's say, more or less, depending. I'm like, okay, what can I do for the same amount of money? And it turns out for the same amount of money, even if like stamps are really expensive, you can send stickers to everyone in the world. And then what do people do? They take your stickers, put them on their laptop. And that lasts on a laptop, let's say, for a year. So you have this person showing your brand and they know your product because they're customer. And they're happy because they got free stickers, right? Everyone loves stickers. <laughs> and you, you pay the same amount of like one person clicking on one ads on the main on Google or on Facebook. And that like you need to find stuff like that, stuff that works well and and you need to care about your customer, like I don't know. Like, I think people are happy because they like the product. And if you have a good product, people will be happy about it and will tweet about it and share about it because they're learning stuff. They like the way they learn. And yeah, but the sticker thing is amazing. Like, I'm doing my, that's, I'm doing my marketing best way. Like, I'm like, 
even sending T-shirt to a few people. I'm like, okay, that's just my marketing budget is that. I don't buy Google ads. I very rarely buy like Reddit ads or Twitter ads, but I buy that. I like buy stickers and that's my marketing budget. And I make people a lot happier with that. And it's people like they're going to, other people are going to, oh, where did you get that sticker? It's Pentesta Lab. And we can talk about the product where like someone would just click on a link, may just do that by mistake and you pay five bucks, right? Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. And it clearly is working for you. I guess to, to wrap, wrap things up, covered the question slightly already, but I guess any sort of final thoughts for maybe any aspiring entrepreneurs out there, whether security or not, or even people that just going back to, again, you progressed in your career with some, mm. again, some good companies, you know, working at coming up Fitbit, again, for me, which, for me, which I think is really interesting. Again, there's not many people that have those opportunities from Australia to do that. Any advice, I guess, for the employee or future entrepreneur? For entrepreneur, I would say like, don't, oh, I got a really good quote. So I'm not that smart, so I read a lot of books. So that's a book named The Plateau Effect. Don't let the rare liar control your policy in every interaction and hijack good business decision with paranoia. I think that's really important for security people. Like there are a lot of things when you build a product and you can feel like, okay, I'm going to have this person. Someone can potentially do something with my product or I don't know, share the videos or something like that, or I don't know. Or, and yeah, that's an issue. But if fixing that issue will make the, will make the product annoying for everyone else and you really don't want to do that and that's something every security person is doing you need to unlearn that you need to like if you do a product even if people will abuse some of it it's not a reason to make the people the product shit for everyone else like try to make sure you have a good product try to make sure like you detect people abusing it but don't make your products rubbish because people like five people out of thousands will abuse this one functionality. Mm. And yeah. And people with a career, I think try to go in depth. Like you see a lot of people like just not going deep enough in like what they're passionate about and like looking, just like looking at the news and never like looking in depth into something. And you need to be being deeply technical so far paid off a lot for me. Like, and some people think like, okay, oh, I've been pentester for five years now. I need to manage people. No, you can stay technical. I know a lot of people who like keep getting better and better job because they are the only technical people left because everyone wants to be a manager. So if you want to be a manager, nothing wrong with it. But don't feel like uh, you're progressing your career by becoming a manager. I was just going to say, it's, it's pleasing to say that, again, from my perspective, being a, a recruiter in the industry is there are now well-paid technical people. You don't have to be a manager to basically earn decent money and progress in your career. You can progress technically and financially, not just be good technically. Some like more and more, like you can see at, that at big company like Google or Facebook, they start to have like people who are not lead, who are not manager. They are technical leader. Yeah. And they're helping everyone like progress their career, but on the technical side of things. And these big company realize, companies realize that they need both. They need someone who is going to manage like the human part of one person and one person who is going to help this same person become better technically and help them when these people are stuck. 
because you need this, like sometimes you have problem that only few people in the world can solve. If you are one of these person, trust me, you're going to have a job for a long, long time. And you're going to keep working on interesting stuff. There's even big four companies are doing that as well, having a, a specialist pathways for technical people. And just out of interest, actually, so you must have, I guess, an interesting view on the industry that others, maybe other people don't have now. I guess, have you, since starting Pencil Lab and seeing, the, I guess, the level of people coming towards the, you know, using and training on the product and platform, have you seen a different type of person come in to try and upskill or is it security people or do you have that understanding? It's really weird. Like I got customer from like every background possible. Like I got like JavaScript developers, like front-end developers who want to just be a bit better at security. Good. I got like senior, uh, senior pen tester who just want to have like an environment ready and learn the latest things. I got like a lot of different people. I see a lot of people trying to like get into security and not necessarily for the right reasons, mm. but just like, okay, like good paycheck and like, yeah, I just want to get there. And they don't realize that it's actually hard work and being passionate about it really, really helps. Yeah, well, if you if you weren't passionate about what you did, you wouldn't have done those, who knows what, 60, 70, 80 hour weeks to, yeah. to get to you where you are today. No, <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. uh, and a very patient wife as well. Yeah, yeah, thank God. Yeah. That's also that uh, an advice for everyone. If you're married, your most the worst part I think that can happen for you to you financially is to get a divorce. So make sure you take care of your family. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. <laughs> good, good advice, I think, no, no matter what you're doing. <laughs> cool. Well, Louis, thank you for your time and thanks for sharing your journey thank on, you. on Pentester Lab because you've got clearly a very good product that people love out there and it's good to see and it's just nice, I think, for other people to hear your story because, again, it didn't you didn't just flick a switch and suddenly you've got you know a successful company that has got all these amazing you know training opportunities for people took a long time took a long time for it to turn into a business but fortunately that meant you now can run it full-time and and do things at your leisure yep yeah i'm very lucky touching wood right now (laughs) (laughs) thanks for listening and if you've got any questions comments please reach out to me you'll find me online anywhere cybersec ricky and if you would like to be involved in the future maybe be a guest and then reach out as well thanks for your time have a great day bye